0: This episode of The Concession Stand is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host, or you're looking to start a new one from scratch... Head on over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn to sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site and get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn or just use the promo code popcorn at checkout for your first month free. And now, enjoy the show.
1: Hey, I'm Jake Barton, creator of the history storytelling podcast called Historium, and you're listening to The Concession Stand on the Orbital Jigsaw Network.
0: You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games. Don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howell and Andy Nelson. To the Concession Stand Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we are glad to have you on board for episode number 64. Now, this is one of our special bonus review episodes where we break down a big release and give a spoilerific take on it. This time, Andy, it's Avengers Infinity War. But I'm Nick Howell, and sitting across from me, as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. You said this is a big release. This is one of the biggest ever. Yes. Honestly, it really is. Literally. Um, yeah, if if we had a chance to go see this movie, uh it's now a Monday. We had we saw it at the biggest giant IMAX 3D we got the best possible way to see this movie. Exactly. A couple of hours ago. It's the second time I've seen it, first time you've seen it. I, I've been holding my breath, like wanting to talk to you about this. And the whole time I was watching it, I couldn't wait to talk to you about it. And now we get to do it. Yes. Um, but one thing I do want to say, um, I, uh, uh, I want to consider this a companion piece to what we did last week. Last week, we really tried to break down our sort of... Uh, Concession stand order of the way you should watch these movies. Uh, And we also wanted to try and figure out why these Infinity Stones that we're going to talk about in a second were very important. So if you're listening to this, you've already seen it. If you're maybe you've seen it for the first time and you don't know much about the MCU, or if you've seen it and you know a lot about the MCU but you want to know more about it, go back and listen to episode 63. We're really proud of it. We got a lot of uh, positive feedback from both sides of people that said, well, uh, I hadn't seen that much. It it really helped me out going in and people that knew everything and like, I knew everything going in, but like, I'm glad I listened to your thing before that. So here we go. One more thing I want to mention before we get going, a friend of the show, David Gronick, uh, had a procedure done. Uh, I don't want to get into too much detail, but it was a, it was a big deal and he's laid up for a little while. So if he's listening to this episode, that means he is, he's recovered and he has seen the movie and we wish him the absolute best, uh, uh, we hope you get better, and we are we are thrilled that you are a fan of the show.
0: Yes, uh, I, I suppose this is the apropos time for me to go. <laughs> yeah. spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Yeah. Yes, major major spoiler warning, guys. We are going to be breaking down everything that happened in Infinity War. I'm literally shit sitting, shitting here, <laughs> sitting here shaking is what I meant to say. In your uh, strawberries, but uh, yes. <laughs> so, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! We are going to be talking about all that Seriously, stuff. Seriously,
1: if you haven't seen the movie, just just, just go see it yes. and then listen. Come honestly. back. In, come back. We're going to ruin hours. everything.
0: Yeah, we're going to exactly. If we, we didn't are. ruin it all last week, yeah, whatever. So, uh, I want to start things off with some initial thoughts. Yes, um, Andy, why don't so you've seen it a couple of times? Why don't you really kick things off here? I know I've certainly got mine. You've got yours. Uh, I want to warn the listeners as well that. There is a friggin' lot to unpack here. Yes. We are going to take our time, grab yourself a cold beverage, enjoy the ride. But Andy, what was your key initial quick reaction coming out of Avengers Infinity
1: War? I was absolutely thrilled with it. You're not going to get a bad review of this movie from me, no matter what. Um, this was everything I hoped it would be, and then it delivered even more. Okay. Despite the fact that it has the sort of like FU, you know, uh cliffhanger ending, which we kind of anticipated anyways, take that off the table. We have never seen anything like this before. We've never seen this collection of, uh, a list actors, A list heroes, all of these people in the same film before. You could maybe say like it's a Mad 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 World from the sixties when you had like Spencer Tracy sure. and Jonathan Winters and a bunch of. But that wasn't what we have now. This is this is a major accomplishment of all of like Benedict Cumberbatch, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans. These are like uh, Chris Pratt. These are bona fide A list movie stars all in the same movie and all playing along, and nobody is is sort of uh, upstaging anybody. Josh Brolin, amazing performance. You Um, might
0: could go with an Ocean's Eleven comparison. It's probably the closest that I could think of. I didn't even think of that. That's
1: a really good point. Thanos. I thought he was going to be the big bad in this movie, but at the same time, you're sort of like liking him. It has a bit of like a Robert De Niro and Heat quality to him, where you're kind of rooting for him, even though you shouldn't be. Kind of thing, right? There was that. Um, His cause is sort of his good or bad intentions are sort of subjective as far as your like worldview. Um, you, he's, he's willing to sacrifice his, his, his daughter, stepdaughter, whatever it is in order to, to accomplish his goal. And that's one of the pivotal moments of the movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's a complete one eighty from what I expected, the ending, the way that it ended and and the casualties that are a result of this, which we'll get into. And again, I'm not going to spoil it now. Um, it surprised me quite a bit. Okay. Um, I'm going to make parallels to Star Wars because I can't Of course. I can't not. And Disney's really thrilled that I'm doing it. Yes. Um, It ends in such a cliffhanger way, and it ends in such a way that's not connected to the comics that we knew, but it's its own separate universe that we're going to get in Infinity War 2, which unfortunately we have to wait a whole nother year for. We are going to get a movie that we have no idea at this point what's going to happen. We don't. We have no idea what's going to happen next. And we want to know. We want to know right now. That, to me, is really exciting. Back to the quick Star Wars references that I thought of, there were two things. Um, When the ship comes out of hyperspace, uh, uh, the Guardians come out of hyperspace, and they come on to uh, Thor's damaged ship, uh, it it reminded me immediately of uh, the Falcon coming out of hyperspace and discovering a uh, decimated Alderaan. Yep. So... There was that dramatic moment in that movie, and then the dramatic moment movie in this kind of hit me. And the other one that that, that was my other Star Wars moment, and I don't know why I'm making Star Wars references this early, but I am. Um, the, the interrogation scene with Vader and Leia in the original Star Wars, where is the rebel base? Or Grand Moff Tarkin, where is the rebel base? That happened in this movie as well with Thanos and Gamora. Uh, where is the Soul Stone? Where is the Soul Stone? I'm the only one that knows it. It's on Vormir. And again, full disclosure: we thought, if you listen to episode 63, we assumed that the Soul Stone was on Wakanda because you have to go to Wakanda to get the big battle, right? Right. So we assumed she was throwing him off the scent. We're going to go to Vormir. It's not there. But uh, so I had like these like Star Wars callbacks in my head as this was happening. Again, this movie, I I I don't know how to describe the just sheer fanboy kid joy that I saw all of these characters interacting on the screen at the same time, not necessarily, but all of them being in the same movie. It was, it, it was amazing. What about you? You just saw it for the first time. So you probably don't have as much time to un- unpack all this stuff as I did.
0: Oh yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't. There's certain things we're going to talk about today. And then there's certain things over the course of the next few weeks and episodes that I think we will uh, be going over as I see it uh, a second and a third time, which I have every intention of doing um, first thing I want to say is I absolutely loved the fact that the storyline was mostly about Thanos's grand adventure as if he was Bilbo Baggins headed off <laughs> to Mount Doom, yeah. uh, to, to go off and kind of find all of the stones and it weaved. He was the central and we're going to talk about this. We didn't expect several, this at all though. No, right? I didn't expect this in any way, but I love that the main storyline that everything else revolved around was Thanos's grand adventure, right? To yeah. get to the end game. Um, the funny thing is that as we as we got into this, we're, we've been invested in these characters for going on ten years now. Yeah. As we talked about in '63, it was eighteen films, ten years, three phases, all of that stuff. Uh, this being the culmination of the third phase, right? So now that we're in, we spent ten years investing in all these characters, I think that we invested a little bit more in this movie for the first time. Maybe also only in Guardians One. In the lore, yeah. uh, especially in the cosmic universe, surrounding the Infinity Stones and everyth- everything that it affects, which is everything. Yes, right? Those six stones affect everything. So I like that we're steering the ship into that a little bit, but I would have liked to have had a little bit more. I'll talk about more about that later. Um, next, I think that there were two... You can really rattle this down to two core audiences that are going to go see this movie, um, and a, a lot of people did. We'll <laughs> yes, talk about did. that in a second. Uh, the first one is the major core... Uh, that are just invested, right? They're invested in the story. They're emotionally invested in the characters, and they're just along for the ride. And that's us. That's us. Uh, And even I, you know, the funny thing is is what I was going to say is that, Uh, The other uh, part of the audience is the newbies, the ones that really have no emotion. They're just going to the movies on a Friday night. Sure. And they're like, yeah, that looks fun. I'll go see that.
1: Blow some stuff up. Show me Captain America. Right,
0: exactly. So they don't really have any understanding of that. And I think that has some implications in what worked and what didn't work that we'll go over later. Okay. um, Because I don't think it's it's worth doing right here. But that was one of my initial impressions is there is a very defined group of people that are going to love this movie. Um, lastly, I think there's going to be a recurring, oh, the last other thing I wanted to say about that was I'm so glad that we took the time to do the research on the MCU yes. last week for episode 63, because while I have seen all of the movies, I don't feel like I was that emotionally invested. So after we did our episode and all of our research last week, yeah. I went back and watched guardians one. Yep. I watched I. Taped my eyes open and watched Thor: Dark Dark World again, <laughs> which, funny enough, if you give it a chance with an open mind and you're interested in the lore behind the ether and the purple power stone, red, it's not that bad stone, of a yeah, film. Yeah. If you can let go of Teletubby villain and mm-hmm. and all of the other crap stuff, it's not that bad of a film. Anyway, Um, so. This put me squarely in the former of those categories now that I was all caught up and up to date and invested in the long running storyline. I might have been in the kind of middle ground of those two, but yeah, going back and doing those episodes really invested me in in, in doing that, so I was thankful we did lastly there's a recurring thing that you're going to theme that you're going to hear from me throughout this episode, and that is the lore of the stones and the universe versus the focus on character development within the MCU. And I think that's going to come into play quite a bit when I go over some of the things that I thought worked and didn't work. So, uh, Andy, let's rattle off some quick facts that we know about the opening weekend box office real quick. Of course, it shattered all the records as we absolutely expected it to do. Maybe not to the extent that it did. Sure. (laughs) Uh, But officially, it had a $641 million opening weekend worldwide.
1: So it made its money back. It made its money back. Except for the weird whatever... Algorithm that they use, but sure.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, This shattered the Fate of the Furious record that was set last year at $541 million, right? Yeah. Domestically, it did $258 million, which the previous record was held by Star Wars The Force Awakens at $248 million. Now, is there an interesting coincidence that that was exactly ten million and a hundred million, respectively?
1: No, I just think you're a More. fan. Of, I think you're a fan of the metric system.
0: I think I'm a fan of of data <laughs> and just numbers, and I geek out. Tens over and stuff hundreds like that. and metrics. Um, Andy, before we go over this, we start going into what worked and what didn't work. Um, do you have any indication of? There's been a lot of conversation online about the differences between what happened in the Infinity War in the movie or what has been set up to be that we know so far versus what was in the comic book universe. Can you talk on that and just kind of set the groundwork for, for the listeners
1: as what they should expect? So I think it's the same thing as the MCU versus the comic universe, even up to this point. Okay. So, uh, Tony Stark, even admitting that he was Iron Man at the end of Iron Man didn't happen in the comic universe. So like all those sort of bets are off the table. Um, as much as we want to draw parallels to the Infinity War storylines, I think there was Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet, something else, and I'm not as up to speed on those as I should have been, and I purposely didn't go to try and get clues, if there were any, right. in those. Um, it's It's completely separate. They have taken sort of the best parts out of these comic stories, the stones themselves, obviously, mm-hmm. and created their own thing over these last 10 years. But if I was to steal a... Uh, A a phrase from uh, uh, a company that had actually done some stuff, Screen screen Rant, uh, says this, and I quote, The core difference between the MCU story and the Infinity Gauntlet is actually Thanos' role and motivations. In the comics, Thanos has an obsessive infatuation with Lady Death, which is like a character in like a black robe. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, she's a cosmic being who acts as a personification of death. He burns with a desperate desire to prove himself worthy to become her consort. Everything Thanos does is for Lady Death. That is why in Infinity Gauntlet he gathered together the Infinity Stones. He believed his mistress would find each or find such unlimited power to be seductive. Goaded by Mephisto, Thanos snapped his fingers and sacrificed half the life in the universe as an offering of love. So, if you take that phrase, there's a couple of things in there that actually happened in this movie. The snapping the fingers and the fifty percent part, yep. right? Um, we see a vision of sort of Lady Death, but the but the motivation there to seduce or to to get in the favor of this Lady Death character is completely off the table. We have a completely different motiva- motivation with this character in this movie, which again goes back to what we were talking about: how he's a bit of a protagonist, like you said, and a bit of a character like a like a a villain that you can kind of root for in a weird way because his motivations are somewhat understandable.
0: Yeah, he's got this altruistic approach, uh, I guess is the best way best word I know how to use is that depending on your worldview, you could think he is the good guy yeah, and that
1: he is doing good stuff. And he's not just like the ultimate bad that's just like, des- It's not like Hitler.
0: No, but he no. kind
1: of is because of like the whole like genocide thing, but but still, but you can see what I'm getting at. That's a wrong analogy, right? But it's not like the ultimate like evil, evil, evil he is and he's trying to his whole motivation is to his his point is The universe has finite resources, so his idea to make sure that the universe survives is to cut the population in half so they don't use up all these infinite resources. And he gives the example of uh, Gamora's uh, world, which we see a a decimation of in in the flashback of, oh, do you know what your world was like after I did that? They're prosperous and and everything is great after I did that. Don't you like that? You know, is his... He does. This is
0: justification for, yeah. for his actions. And right.
1: If if you if your your logical brain says, Of course, yeah, that's great that he did that. But your your compassionate brain, which he doesn't have or does have later, says, I don't know about that. And that's what we're gonna get into. Yeah.
0: Well, let's start things off as we always do with what worked. So the good uh, it's it's kind of a, our play on good, the bad, and the ugly, right, <laughs> yeah. in, in a sense. but uh, So what worked? Uh, I'll start things off by saying, from a filmmaking perspective, this was very tight. Yes. It was very well put together and assembled by the Russos. Uh, there was very little idle time or wasted time sitting around doing nothing. And man, we picked right off literally from the Easter egg button at the end of Thor Ragnarok yes. when the, the Asgardian escape ship or whatever pulls up and Thanos' ship is right there. Literally we're we're it's the ship getting blown up as we're rolling the opening credits of this film. Man, there was just not a beat missed.
1: Yeah, and along those lines, they set the stakes right away with with the unfortunate death of whatever you want to say. But like once Loki gets choked to death and once Heimdall dies and gets stabbed to the heart, you realize that like anybody could die at this point. Because all that happens within the first 10 to 15 minutes. And of course We're we're constantly thinking the way that this movie is going to end that it's going to end with the death of Captain America or Iron Man is what we think is going to happen going into this. And once they say Loki's dead and Heimdall's dead, we're like, oh, wait, oh, boy. And then you don't know anymore. So you're you're kind of second guessing yourself, which is kind of the way I was doing it the first time I saw it. Second time I was able to enjoy it a different way. But yeah, Uh, what else?
0: Uh, so the fan service nature of the film absolutely worked, and you know if you're playing along, if you've been along for the ride since Iron Man ten years ago, and you've been watching every film and keeping up with the story, or you listened to episode sixty three of our show yep. last week as we rattled through everything, and you were up to speed, man, you had a good time watching this movie, and
1: you knew all these characters, and you knew little things, and they yeah. would make callbacks to stuff, and and like little simple things like oh. Uh, Tony Stark has a flip phone why does he have a flip phone because in the button there was a flip phone so he can call Steve Rogers right or not the button but the end of that movie um, rocket raccoon says something like uh, he's all about getting people's limbs for some reason and he has that funny thing where he wants a a bullet gun from winter soldier where he's got a gun that shoots like uh, whatever hey, how much for that gun <laughs> yeah yeah but then he says like uh, how much for the arm I don't know but I'll get your arm anyways if you hadn't watched all these movies, you wouldn't get the joke of that. But if you have, you do. Otherwise, it's just a throwaway line. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, ultimately, the 10-year build of it all leads to this, the big culmination, the big uh, the big splash at the end of everything. I mean, they really pulled it off. The Russos, I mean, I, I can't fault them. They kind of nailed it for the fan service yes. side of this. Um, next, I mean, big set piece after big set piece after big set piece in throughout same, this entire film.
1: In the same movie. You're right. Because, because in like... Let's say Civil War. People remember two things in Civil War, as far as the big set pieces. Obviously, the big fight at the airport, and then the final like three way battle, you know, of Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Iron Man at the yep. end. There was like two set pieces in that. Yes, there's the destruction at the beginning, right? That's a couple of set pieces. There's this set piece in Avengers where they finally have the battle in New York, and there's you know what I mean. But yep. this was battle after battle after battle after battle after battle on a grand scale, and you could argue that. This is only the first of two movies, so if there's going to be another battle, which there would have to be at the end of the next one, it's going to be even bigger, and I can't even imagine something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it took them 18 months, and they did shoot both of these at the same time, correct? Correct. So they spent 18 months, which is, frankly, a little unheard of these days, uh, and a monumental amount of CGI went into this uh, the best way possible. Which
1: they didn't rush. Everything looked fantastic. Oh, it
0: looked amazing. It, It looked absolutely amazing. Uh, especially on the big 80-foot-tall IMAX, giant IMAX screen, yes. legit IMAX screen yes. we saw it in today. Um, I want to go back to something that I uh, mentioned in my quick review, quick initial thoughts at the beginning, which okay. was the um, keeping that central through line about Thanos, uh, his grand mission to save the universe, regardless uh-huh. of what you think about it or what side you fall down on, and his pursuit of the stones. Yes. So uh, whether intentional or not, whether this was planned or not, from my perspective – Thanos ended up being the core protagonist in this film. And most people would see him. He's the villain. He's the yeah. big baddie. He's the... I look at this as a Thanos movie. It's almost you're like right. this was a Thanos movie. It's his journey. You're right. Yeah. So I, I don't... I The Avengers were kind of dancing around, chasing him throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing as he progressed across the Candyland board, trying to get around all these obstacles to get to the thing that the ultimate end game. right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny how you could, you know, they do these trailer mashups all the time on YouTube stuff. You could flip this around <laughs> into some kind of rom-com thing where he's just chasing a
1: girlfriend or an ex-lover or something. I don't know. He holds up like a, a boombox above his head, like I say anything. Yeah. No? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> So I absolutely loved that part of it. I did not expect that at all. That came out of nowhere. Um, I was expecting this to be a big, set of, you know, the team up things that we all expected it to be. Avengers assemble and
1: everybody kicks ass. It didn't turn out that way. Yeah, that's kind of what they sold us on. It, like with the poster, we just assumed that there would be a moment where everybody is fighting him. But it's yes. not. It's we we take ourselves into little pockets, right? So it was like little mini Marvel team ups, you know. So Thor's with the Guardians. Uh, Strange and Stark and Spider-Man are like a group. And then the Avengers and vision. And we also go back to Wakanda and then, and Captain America's team joins uh, uh, Chala again. And that was cool, but we never got to see all of them together fighting. We kind of did sort of on at the end where there was two of the groups that got together, but it wasn't all the groups that got together.
0: Right. So, you know, the other thing that I loved about this was the storytelling specifically around the soul stone, and I want to I get around to that a little bit more. I kind of want to come back to that. But it was one thing that stood out to me was that whole th- part on Vormir with Thanos, Gamora, uh, Red Skull. I don't know what he is now. Yeah. And there's a lot of unknowns about what is ha- happening at that soul forge. It was, forge, a, it was a big that reveal is. that he yeah. was
1: there and kind of in the Lady Death role, but not really. And why is he there? Yeah. Did he sell his soul or give his soul away to, to unfortunately be stuck? there? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, that's one maybe, of my things. Maybe that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
0: yeah. Uh, you mentioned the little team ups a little bit ago. Um, I think one of the first ones we got was Thor with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure. Kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then the weird team up of him and Rocket Raccoon and Groot going off to do another grand thing. Right. That and then the other one's not really, yeah. you know, the animosity between Thor and Quill. Yeah. Uh, Star Lord, just not. So, it's it's funny, so good. It's really funny.
1: Basically, Pratt doing a a, a Hemsworth impression yes. as Thor, which was so good. Why is your voice deeper? It's not deeper. What are you talking about? What do you? I don't know what you
0: mean. <laughs> oh, um, the, one of the things that stood out as well was some of those alpha showdowns, like we were just talking about Star Lord. Uh, where you ended up with Star-Lord, Stark, and Doctor Strange all in the same little team. Yeah,
1: these are three alpha males, so right. something's got to give there.
0: And they tease that in the trailer a little bit with, that's that's a good plan, except that it sucks, <laughs> yeah. and you should let me come up with it, because then it would be good. That that kind of banter is, is kind of constant but throughout But that trailer
1: that. scene has more weight, because he's come up with all these plans leading up to that, and his whole team goes against him. Like, when he's like, go right, and they all go left. Or, like, yeah. hold on, wait, and he gives, like, the hand signal to stop, and, and they, they keep, keep going. going, yeah. Yeah. So... um.
0: One of the things that stood out to me about this that I want to spend a minute talking about is each of these little teams, it was like they were assigned an infinity stone. Yeah. Like they had they had one goal to go uh-huh. after one particular stone. So that what you were just missing mission, uh, mentioning when he was giving directions and everything, they were going after the red reality stone. Right. Right? Thor and and Rocket and um and Groot went off to get Stormbreaker made. Meanwhile, you've got um uh Stark
1: Strange, dude, yep.
0: Strange, and uh, and Spider Man going off and protecting the, trying to protect the Greenstone, yeah, right with, with Doctor Strange there. So I, I thought I, I've got some more. I want to I want to call back to that a little bit later. But that okay. was for me. This kind of worked because it gave each of the little team ups a purpose, and that's really why I wanted to call that one out there. Um, you mentioned when we were talking about this before the show, some goosebump moments. Uh, and I wanted to kind of let the listeners hear some of these as well, because I thought these were really, really special.
1: So I think uh, a lot of these goosebump moments are driven by the Alan Silvestri score, which is off the charts. Fantastic. Yes. He uses all the themes from all the movies. His Avengers theme that he originally wrote for the Avengers movie comes into play a number of times and it works, especially for the reveal of Captain America. Yep. Now, if you think about this, uh, Civil War. The last thing we saw in Civil War was he walks away with Winter Soldier. He's left his shield with Tony Stark. And he and there was like a, a voiceover thing where he wrote Tony a letter and they're not friends anymore. And here's and, a flip phone. And, 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 you know, he's our leader. He's our he's our he's our moral compass. Catherine America is that guy. And we don't get to see him until he has a reveal later when when they're getting attacked by. Uh the dude with the hammer and the, the, the children in the of subway Thanos. or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Sure. But when he shows up and he comes into the light and you know, we have the Avengers theme, like, yes, that was a goosebump moment. Then there's also the the reveal of Thor finally when he comes down to the Bifrost and like it looks like they're in trouble in Wakanda, and then he lands and starts the stormbreaker axe just wipes everybody out. Yeah. And we get to see Thor at full power. We kind of seen glimpses of it, but then that's the moment where you're like, Oh my goodness, I guess yep. Thor is the most powerful of all these <laughs> guys. Yeah. Even though it's not Captain America or Iron Man. That was cool. Um uh, there was one really that
0: stood out for me that was a big big deal and that was the um after Thanos had stabbed yeah spoiler alert uh <laughs> Iron Man Tony Stark too late but okay uh, had yeah. broke had <laughs> beaten his suit off of him uh and basically and stabbed him and they were sitting there and the speech that he gave with with the whole I hope they remember you yeah uh because you are you're special you're really smart whatever you really came up with a lot of this stuff blah blah blah
1: you and i both got swerved in that moment because we figured that's it that's that's tony stark that's, i thought that that's, was our first yeah death. That, that was the one Yep. Uh, other than you know th- that's the other thing though the early deaths of loki and heimdall and even the gamora the gamora death is so powerful too yeah. where that that's pro- that is probably one of the most emotional scenes in the entire movie is him is is even you see tears from thanos um the fact that there's those early deaths in the movie, like within the first five minutes of, of Loki and Heimdall, you're like, oh my God, it could be anybody. Yeah. I didn't expect those two. I thought it would just be like, everybody lives except for one guy. It's going to be Captain America or Iron Man. Eh, you know, wrong. We'll get to that in a minute.
0: Yep. And going back to your point about Gamora, there was even a point where she he had his back to her and she was laughing because she's like, you don't love anything. There's no way you can sacrifice anything. So the juxtaposition of those two back to back and the camera just doing reverses like that really built that scene up to be something special. So that was one of the things that really stood out to me was that scene in particular. Yeah. Uh so that's what we thought worked. That's kind of the rundown of that's, you know, overall, it's it it was a really solid film, you know. It was it had a lot going for it in certain things, but there were, you know, looking at it objectively, there were a lot of things that Story-wise and everything, and even
1: the filmmaking, there were some things that didn't work. Now, we're going to nitpick this from like a geek side of things. This does not mean that we do not like this movie because we absolutely both love this movie. Yes. Right? But we're going to get to some things that we're kind of like, wait a minute. What about? And yep. we'll start with you, Nick. What do you got? Uh,
0: okay. I will say that from a filmmaking perspective, uh, with the idea that Thanos' through line was the central centerpiece of the whole movie. Yep it felt like because we were jumping from set piece to set piece to set piece, it felt like more above of a bunch of like an episode of tales from the crypt where you just had (laughs) twilight zone style, short stories, little clips and snippets here. And you jumped from one to the other, to the other, I, you know, Thanos, if Thanos, story wasn't there, well, that's what it would have been. Right. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the things that it needed that to be interconnected. But that, I think that was a misstep in placing that, I certainly didn't expect it going in, but at the same time, it's one of the things where if you're not up to speed and emotionally invested in the character storylines, this probably doesn't work for you. Yeah. And it's one of those things where unless you understand the gravity that they have built around the Infinity Stones, short of what they gave you in the Sanctum at the very beginning of the film, Mm -hmm. unless you have a firm understanding of those stakes, you'll hear me me talk about stakes all the time. Well, the stakes, unless you understood all of that stuff with these characters and their backstories, it was kind of probably just a throwaway thing for you. Like, okay, he's a big bad guy and they're chasing him all over space.
1: Yeah. But they give you the, they give you the, the quick, like, like you said, the thing in this, in the Santorum in the beginning where Wong says like, here's the six stones. It's like this, 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 is why you care about him. man. We keep going. You're right. It was kind of a throwaway. We don't really get into it like we should have. And so when the reality stone gets used later in the movie, when the world gets flipped, you're like, wait, like you, they don't you see that it's the red stone in the gauntlet after uh, when they go to uh, nowhere to the collector's place yes. and everything changes or he shoots the gun at Gamora to actually kill her. And the bubbles come out. You're like, wait, why is that happening? And it, and then the red wipe comes over that turns everything <laughs> yep. the way it looks. It's not really explained. We know it because of what that reality stone does and reality is red. And yeah, but if you're just the casual viewer, you're just like, wait, why wait? And, and, and you would think, well, he's just got that power because he's Thanos and whatever. But if you know it, you actually know like why that happens, right? So there's a, th- you're right. There's a fine line there. Um, I also think this is
0: a huge missed opportunity, uh, Kevin Feige. If you're listening, and I'm sure you're brilliant enough to have considered this. I asked you the question before the show. Do you think he's good enough that he started at the end and worked backwards all the way to starting with Iron Man? And I don't know. I don't yeah. we, we, I think your comment was you didn't we didn't know if Iron Man would be successful. So Well, they didn't know, yeah. They didn't know. How could they plan that far ahead? But there's part of me that feels like the all part of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> this had to be some kind of chaos theory that Kevin Feige came up with right. 12 years ago whenever it was. Um but for me there's a huge missed opportunity here to go full Lord of the Rings and make six more films. Kind of how I was just talking about. They made six little short stories centered around the team-ups, around each of the stones. I mean, of course, we had the first two at the beginning. He had already gotten the purple one, and he was getting the blue one from the Tesseract, so there was two. I mean, we could have made uh, a, six, a, a whole compendium of six stories of the Infinity Stones and Thanos' grand journey to try and get them all, or even origin stories of where they came from. But we kind of got that because each of the team-ups... Told us about that stuff.
1: Yes, as we went. I mean, you can't do six store like six movies about each stone. That would be that like movies about stones versus movies about superheroes. I don't know about that.
0: Well, we kind of got that with Guardians One, though. Yes, that's and that about was really one of the-, the only one that nailed it. But even then, it but wasn't. We- they but, were chasing this orb
1: thing that they really had no understanding of what it was. Back then, it was a MacGuffin, just like we talked about in episode 63. Yeah. Every single stone at that point was a MacGuffin. We didn't know what it meant until now. And we still kind of don't know what it means. We just know that when he gets all of them, he's all powerful now.
0: Great. And, snap, and he then can he can snap, snap, snap his fingers. fingers. Snap your fingers! Yeah. And then suddenly, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: and then suddenly, everybody half the world is wiped out. Okay. Half the universe, sorry. Half the universe is wiped
0: out. Universe, yeah, not just the world. Uh, so I think that there was a missed opportunity here. I would have loved to have seen an Infinity Stones focus. And I think this is where, when I was going back to the beginning, remember I was saying one of the through lines you guys were going to hear through this was focus on character development and emotional investment versus lore uh, or surrounding the universe and in the Infinity Stones. And this is one of those things where I think they could have done a better job either throughout the movies that they've made to date uh, or in separate installments telling us more and really putting some stakes around these Infinity Stones.
1: I think, okay, I agree with you to a degree, but I don't think you want to, like I said, you don't want to make six different movies about six different stones. I think in the in the, in the the stone things that were dropped, rather than drop them in a button, they should have done more in each movie as each of these stones were revealed to tell us why or what those powers of those things were and really nail it home and maybe say like, well, like we just watched uh, like the scene from uh, Ultron where Vision... And store, uh, Thor has a throwaway line, which we didn't care about when we saw this, where he says the Mind Stone is the most powerful stone. We didn't think about it then. Like, whatever. Yeah. They're having a big, cool battle with Vision that just got born. Now right? it matters. Now it matters. And again, it's going to make you go back and watch it, which I guess from a marketing perspective, that's what they want. Okay. You're going to go back and buy all of these things. Oh, I got to go
0: buy that old. But at the same DVD. time,
1: like I'm, I'm going to use your Lord of the Rings uh, uh, parallel at the same time and say... Um, there was just this one ring that that forged. Like we see the the recap in the beginning of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, it was the world of men and the world of dwarves, and like, and then suddenly there was this ring, and then this ring is this one thing that's all powerful. We don't know like really what it does. We just know that it's bad, or the person that has it can be bad, or they can be changed. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. The Infinity Gauntlet is the One Ring, right? And, and, I, I and, guess and once it's, it's all if, assembled, if the right guy has it, it's okay. But if the wrong guy has it, it's bad. I mean, is this it? well? That's what we—that's what we're seeing. I mean, if Captain America puts it on, if Captain America puts it on, he uses it for good. In if he theory, snaps his fingers, what for, happens? I don't know. Do he babies would, just sprout. He would, I'm just—he I'm just, wouldn't do it. <laughs> He would probably put it back somewhere where it would be safe, just like all of these good guys have put things, the Redstone, where it was safe. We've put the Tesseract down in the Asgardian Vault where it was safe. The Xandar, the Nova Corps grabbed the Purple Stone at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. They put it somewhere where it was safe. It's obviously not safe, but right. that's what happened. And then now we have the one ring to rule them all, the one glove or gauntlet to rule them all. The one gauntlet to rule them all, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um the next thing that didn't
0: work for me is I felt a little bit short changed on the bits uh I guess it's the forge star I can't remember what that crazy name of that place uh, was of Nidavellir some valkyrie name Nid-a-Valier, or something Nid-a-Valier. like that uh Dinklage was fantastic. I loved the, I, the the funny bit to me where they called them dwarves, but he was actually twice the size of them. Yeah. I think it was a very funny and what, kind of thing.
1: You couldn't have picked a better person to play that person.
0: Exactly. Um, And he was there to be plot exposition of uh, about how Stormbreaker was. Yeah. Look, I wanted to know so much more about Stormbreaker, about that forge, about the race of dwarves, and how they came to be. They. This is me just being a lore hound. This is You'll find that in, in gaming or in books or in movies, I love big fantasy lore stories. Tell me a story, and I want to understand the world and build a world with me, right? Yeah. It's one of the things that Star Wars did so masterfully. It's one of the things that Peter Jackson did with Lord of the Rings so masterfully, and I don't know that they've gotten it completely right with the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I don't know that I care so much about the world other than, quote, the events that happened in New York, because that's all we've heard about.
1: So I don't know that I care so much. I'm going to disagree with you on this. I care more about the characters, the superheroes, the comics, the the, the people than I do about the stones. I, I get that it's important. I get that there's some lore there. But in this universe, it's I'm, I'm not I, uh, in a comic book world. I don't think you're as much into the lore of the specific stones as far as good versus evil. Does that make sense? Yes, but I don't I, think I, I, it's I, I, a one I, I, or the other I, I, Star uh, Wars. They did both Lord of the Rings. They didn't really Star Wars. Is, it's more about characters than anything else. I disagree with you on that. Eh,
0: okay. I mean, I think it's, it's, it, there's certain things that happen on Hoth and why they went to Hoth. And there's certain things that happen on Alderaan and there's certain things that happen on the death star. And it's important to understand the gravity of the yeah. different places. That but the, all in. of
1: those are character driven and it's, it's not force. about the six stones. It's about the force. Okay.
0: I agree to disagree on that one. Fair enough. Um, so I was wanting to understand this was after we saw the movie today coming out of it I wanted to understand um, why so much focus was put on the mindstone, stone why it was yeah. the climax yeah. at the end of the movie um, the other ones were just set pieces that we jumped to and he battle 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 he yep. gets the stone yep. move on' we are we're move off to the next grand adventure right so the Mind stone at the end and there was so much story built around Scarlet Witch and you have to destroy it and Vision sacrificing himself and all of this story around the one stone. And we didn't really understand until tonight when we went back and watched that throwaway scene where the birthing of of Vision and Thor explains it's the most powerful stone of all of them, right? I I just, there was a moment they could have explained this stuff. And I just, I, I think they did, but the, the focus on, emotional character investment versus explaining the lore of all of this stuff that your characters are doing is why we had
1: to go back and relook into this stuff. So I'll give you two things on that. Number one, you're absolutely right. Um, why is that one? And my first thought that I was going to say to my, to to counterpoint that was to say like, well, that's the only stone that's actually attached to a person physically. Okay. But it's not really a person. It's a character that we care about, but it's a robot, but, but, but at the same time, that character has to die for, in order for him to get the stone. But earlier, Gamora had to die to get the soul stone. Yeah. So we've already sort of established that, but they've been building this, like the vision attached to this, and maybe he could survive without it. And he's just an AI technically. Yeah, but then he gets that stone, and then he gets sap his fingers finally, because he has a mind stone, the most powerful stone. So uh, I'm, I'm of two minds on that. You're right, where where it's like, why is that the most powerful one? Uh, dramatically, it's probably the smartest. Like It's like, you have to pull the stone out of his head, and then he dies, and then like, ugh, and, then he, and that's the one that, you know, I, I don't know.
0: I gave way less shit's about him getting the stone yanked out of his head than I did Thanos chucking Gamora off the edge of a cliff. I agree. In order I agree. To get a stone. I agree dramatically. But they dramatically. spent twice as much time building yes. the one for Vision than they did for Gamora. So
1: We're agreeing with without agreeing at the same time. Yeah. We're saying that like you're right where it's both of those things have to of the six stones, those are the those are the two that actually had some sort of character sacrifice attached to it.
0: Yeah. Right So full disclosure, we did have to go look it up uh, after the fact, but that's where they revealed it was in uh, "Avenger's Age of Ultron." So if you want to see that scene, go check that out. Hey, uh, speaking of character deaths, um, oh, yeah the weight of character deaths, uh, deaths. <laughs> the weight of character deaths was offset by the fact that we know there are sequels still in production and on their way, like we've got Captain Marvel around the corner.: Yes,
1: We talked about the Thor, we talked about Loki. I'm sorry. We talked about Loki. We talked about Heimdall dying. We talked about Gamora dying. Those were physical like deaths that actually happened. Yes. And then we get the everybody fading into ash at the end of the movie. All of these characters that we were kind of surprised about, not the characters any of us expected, and then they're all gone. But just like you said, the weight of those character deaths doesn't really like resonate. I would think, A, because of the number of people that do go, so it's not as, as like, if it was one person, like, if it was a Captain America or an Iron Man, the people you'd invested with for 10 years, that'd be one thing. And they're gone. they like, oh, no, what are we going to do without him or her? Now it's like, what are we going to do without them? Yeah. and. Not well, only Spider-Man that, not is probably the best example here, sure. right? Because
0: we know we've got a sequel coming for Spider-Man we've Homecoming. We've got Guardians
1: 3 coming, and, yeah. and the only Guardian left at this point is Rocket. I guess if you count Nebula in there, too, but yeah. That's yeah, it. but I mean, so that's but we're still going to have another Guardians movie? Right. I mean, <laughs> so the weight of them dying isn't the same as like a Han Solo dying or a Luke Skywalker dying. Right. I hate to keep going back to Star Wars, but that's what I'm getting at. There's like a uh, person that dies that's like, <gasps> no, you know? Or no, why is that, you know, but instead of it's why them and they'll be back soon anyways. And instead of think instead of us mourning the loss of these characters, we're immediately thinking, how did they come back in the next movie?
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's all I could think about for the whole last act of the movie was, or as I guess, as they were dying in ash, I'm going, they've still got another infinity war movie to do. How yeah. are they, yeah, yeah, yeah. how are they going to do? Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in just a bit because we kind of want to go over those deaths uh, specifically. Um, is Thanos just a completionist dick? <laughs> I, I, it's yeah. a real question, real talk here. Because, I mean, did he really need all those stones? We don't know. Because even d- if he got the first two,
1: that was kind of enough. Yeah, because there's no sort of example of him with the five stones being like, oh, man, if I only had this last one, I yeah. could do this. If I only had three of the four, I could do this, you know? If I only had the if I only had the Wade Boggs rookie card, I would complete my Boston Red Sox set from 1980 whatever. As he gets each of these stones, he kind of uses them for their power. By that I mean, we don't actually see him get the red stone and then w- when they get to there and he uses it, we know that he already has it.
0: Yeah, like here's a demo.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> and when 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 you think that they've defeated him, he pulls out the green stone and uses the time to reverse time, right? To get the soul stone uh, when they think they've destroyed the soul stone from uh sorry the mind stone from vision's head uh that you think it's over but then he uses the green stone you actually see the stones getting used to what they're used but you don't that's the last one you don't you don't get to see like okay i've got them all and now i can do this again that's what i'm getting at i i just wish there was a i wish there it's getting back to the lore thing that you're talking about yeah and i'm i'm counter-arguing with myself but yes
0: I have recently done a rewatch of the Captain America: First Avenger. Right? Me too. The, me for, too. Uh, as we said in our last episode, yep. it should be the very first one you watch. Yes. Uh, how the hell did Red Skull get onto Vormir? I
1: don't. I don't know. remember that ever I, happening. I ever being know.
0: established. They did nothing to explain it, other than uh, passing implication that he somehow had to sacrifice something to get the Soul Stone, and his job ended up his sacrifice ended up being the custodian of the Soul Stone on Vormir. I, I'm not sure if I'm remembering that dialogue correctly as they were walking to the edge it's of the cliff. Something it was something like, like that.
1: that. But I mean, the whole Captain America first Avenger movie is about him with the, the Tesseract, the blue yes. stone. He does make reference early in that movie to like, if you had more of them, it would, I think maybe, but that, but it wasn't like, Oh, I'm dead. And now I have to go, whatever. I, I, I don't understand.
0: I, I wish that would, uh, I, 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 what I'm understanding is that he did get his hands on the soul stone this is probably stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor, and I I guess he's just guarding Vormir now. I, I don't. And now that Thanos has it, does he get released? Are we going to see him come back somehow? I don't. I don't, I know. don't know. Explain it to me, Feige.
1: He's, <sighs> got, he's got another movie to do it. I know, right?
0: Um, let's see what else. Star Lord was kind of a bit of a punk. Um, yeah.
1: I I don't. Know.
0: I don't really know what to think about Star Lord. I mean, I, I certainly. Andy, what did you think? Because I I certainly have my opinions he felt a little bit overpowered if i'm being honest I'm there not going to say he was I'm
1: not going to he was overpowered i think he was underused and i think his character arc in the first two guardians of the galaxy movies was he's kind of like a uh, like a happy go lucky tell jokes kind of guy similar to han solo but when the stakes are are high he steps up and he does the right thing and he and he helps be he becomes a hero sure they did it in the first movie did it in the second movie he had multiple opportunities to do it this movie but he just keeps constantly reverting to you know Uh, childish... Jealous emo boyfriend, demoral boyfriend. And that's that's a discredit to the character. Pratt plays it well, but it's a discredit to the overall character. Are we doing that so... And again, this we can't look at this as one complete movie. This is going to be this movie plus the next one. Yeah. So does this set up like a redemption element for him? Probably. Is he going to be a person in the next well, one? I that- don't know. He turned into Ash, so he's gone. So I mean, <laughs> good point. Good point. But <laughs> come on, Feige. Let's assume he comes back. <laughs> yes. Right. And then he'll get redeemed. I'm not himself. assuming that. I am. Okay. Um, because there has to be a Guardians Three because you're not going to sell tickets to Guardians Three without Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? it's true. Well Come on.
0: I don't know. You could have a Rocket Raccoon version. You know? yeah,
1: I mean, I'd see a Rocket Raccoon. i would watched that movie. Yeah but um, Bradley Cooper would enjoy that paycheck too. I'm along sure. those lines of another character that was a bit underutilized would be the Hulk, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we had a shot in the trailer with a slow motion shot of them all running in Wakanda, like at the end of the trailer and you see the Hulk running behind Captain America and Black Panther towards the screen, in slow motion. So you think he's there. Unfortunately, we actually only see the Hulk in his Hulk form in the first 10 minutes of the movie and he's gone. We never see it again. And I get the idea that, the Hulk is intelligent now, and he's fighting with Banner about whether or not he's going to come out. But typically, Hulk would come out in a situation of these these sort of uh, stakes and like dire circumstances. But he won't, and I don't know why.
0: Because I think he got punked by Thanos in in on the Thor ship at the very beginning. Okay, is he afraid of now? Him he, now? He, well, he's got an ego now after okay. being on okay. the planet with with Jeff Goldblum I didn't guy, think of right? That. All right, so fine. now he's like, mm, I don't want to come out because I'm going to be a brat because Thanos beat me up. So along
1: so, okay along those lines are now that that Thor ship is decimated are we assuming that Korg and Valkyrie from Ragnarok are a part of those casualties I would I, assume, so. Uh, I assume so I assume I yeah. assume
0: everybody's dead except for Thor yeah. now hey, and man. Hulk got away because of the Bifrost yeah. right before Thanos killed Heimdall yeah and now we just have Thor yeah there's no like hey, that's man. what I'm taking away there's from no like, that scene
1: hey man uh here's yeah. my friend Hulk and uh, <laughs> he's my friend Valkyrie and uh, yeah he's gone that's too bad he was a funny character uh, I don't know he came back to life once maybe he can now. <laughs> My friend Doug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um all we have to do is get the time stone back and everything will be fine, right?
1: In theory. In theory, yeah. <laughs> and who could wield it? I don't know. Anybody? Can anybody just pick up the time stone? and be like mm, gonna go back in time? And then they get in the DeLorean, they go back and then everything's fine. So, so Yeah, so so okay, so that that uh, that begs this question. Does like, it become if, if, Doc if, Strange? Oh, oh. well <laughs> done. <laughs> How sir. about that? So if you were to get this time stone back in the second movie, let's just assume that happens, right? Sure. then that's, that's how you reverse all of these deaths. Assuming we know how to separate the stones from you, the gauntlet, but which ones can you reverse? And how many can you reverse? Can we bring Loki back? or we bring uh, Heimdall back? Or are we, or are we thinking in our heads? Like that was a physical death that they were actually killed and they, and they didn't go into the ash thing or whatever that was. So any death that was caused by a stone might be reversible. Whereas any death that was caused by physical force couldn't be reversible. I don't know.
0: I, I think it's a bigger picture question than that. I think it's more to do with the nature of the gauntlet, and they did a terrible job of not explaining this, but I think they might in the second one. So once you do get the gauntlet yep. made by the dwarf people on Coventry, Neutron Star, and you do assemble all the stones on it, what happens when you use it? Because it, it looked like in the movie that it got destroyed when he snapped his fingers. It looked all mauled up and banged yeah. and everything yeah. like that, like crushed but the stones were still glowing. So sure. how do you set how, what happens now with the stones? Like, do they get separated again And the gauntlets of one time
1: use throw away?
0: I, I don't know. I'd I don't like know to either. know. I'd this like- is why I'm harping on lore and all of this stuff so much. <laughs> See, Cause the, it would make so much sense, but it
1: can't make sense because then you wouldn't need to know. Like it you would know everything you need to do in the second movie. You have to have some sort of like wonder or, or quest or some sort of, uh, story nuggets to find out as we go in the second movie. We've got another two to two and a half hours of this movie yet that we haven't I, seen.
0: I know it just right? makes me angry.
1: I know, I know. And, and, and trust one me, to know the story. It's like it's like Game of Thrones. Like, and that's another thing. We're going to get Game of Thrones and this in the same summer at the same time. Oh God! I don't know if I can process that. <laughs> well,
0: they're both going to end, well, frankly, in the same time frame, right?
1: One more thing: Where did all of these ash people go? I have no idea. Did they go to what's the? Because in the there are realms. In the, like, there's Asgard, there's Midgard where Earth is. What's the heaven realm? Did they go up there?
0: Was this a War of the Worlds crossover where the aliens just zapped them and they just explode? Mars
1: attacks? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I don't know really. They didn't really explain what. I, we assume they've gone. You mentioned earlier something about the ether and my gears got turning uh, because I thought, ooh, could they go in? Is there an afterlife? Is there a parallel universe? where some of this stuff could could cross over yeah i don't know who knows what feige's got cooking over there for for this who and the russos i should say but i i'd like i would like i'd like to have had it explained to me what was actually happening to them
1: yeah i think again once we get this as a full complete movie it'll all make sense one other thing i do want to bring up that uh might be taken for granted is along those lines of the ash death um there was a moment where Doctor Strange was like shaking and doing like a, 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 a Tom Hardy from Venom bit, yeah. uh, and he said, "I've gone through all the permutations of the future where there's 14 million versions of how this could play out." And then he says, oh, "How many are there?" He's like, "Just one." Now, if you if you remember, just before Doctor Strange dies, he says, "Tony, we're at the end game now." So. Are, are we along the path of the one way that they could win? It seems like he's okay with it, and he just disappears. And he gave up the stone. Exactly. Like he, like it was all a part of the plan, yeah. as you say. So that gives me some sort of sense of hope that this was all figured out, not by Feige, but by our heroes. Right. So hopefully we get to, to that. Now, I mean, I guess that's the things that didn't work. We've kind of touched on a few things about where we can go from this point. And again, not a complete movie, so it's tough to give it a full story from point A to point B. So... Um, We've already said there's another movie. Um, The big thing that that the where do we go from here to me comes in the button of this movie. Would
0: you agree? Yeah, to an extent. I think there's a lot lot of takeaways that kind of help guide where we're going from here. But yeah, the button absolutely just was the giveaway of... I mean, we knew it was coming, but it kind of just solidified and just there it is. Captain Marvel is going to come save the day. Right. And it begs the question, and this almost falls into what didn't work. Yeah, why didn't why didn't Nick Fury page uh, Captain Marvel during the attack on New York? Yeah, or or when
1: Ultron was destroying Sokovia, or when the president was under attack in Iron Man Three? Like sure. Why would you not bring back this super powered character? And <laughs> while I'm excited to see the Captain Marvel pers- uh, character in this universe and see her come back and uh, potentially become you know our Superman of this universe, sure. Um, I wonder if it if it sort of makes everything we've done in the last 10 years like not even matter if this one person can come in and be like I got this, you know. We we had a bit of an element of that with Thor in this movie where he's like I'm Thor, it's like okay, cool, I get it cuz it's Thor, he's a god, great. But then is Captain Marvel going to come back in the second movie? I mean, I don't know. We're going to see the Captain Marvel movie in March of next year. That was going to be my point. In March of next year we'll see what she's capable of.
0: Why couldn't they have done that movie before Infinity
1: War? I don't know why they didn't. And then and then release a 4-hour movie which they wouldn't do because of box office numbers and they couldn't break the records cuz it wouldn't have enough shows, blah 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 blah. The thing that's cool about this Catherine Marvel movie that's coming up is Nick Fury's in it. Ronan, who is the uh, the bad guy from Guardians 1, is in it. Coulson's in it because, again, it takes place in the 90s. So this is, I guess, before uh, Tony Stark ever became Iron Man. So this is like there's, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been a part of this for a while. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a prequel, I guess, to this entire universe, not just like, here's what happened with Ant-Man and Wasp before this, cause Ant-Man and Wasp comes out in July. I'm assuming that's not congruent with what's happening here. I'm assuming that's before what's happening it here. It can't be right again. And this
0: goes back to the whole order of things we talked about in the last episode. There's a better order to watch than what their actual releases were. Um, other things we know about, uh, Captain Marvel so far, these are confirmed by the way. Um, you mentioned Nick Fury, Ronan, Agent Coulson. From, they're they're going to start up S.H.I.E.L.D. There's another character that's confirmed called Korath. Do yeah, you know who that is?
1: It sounds familiar. Okay.
0: Well, more on that as we get closer to uh, to Captain Marvel. I guess a year from now almost.
1: <laughs> yeah, in March of next year.
0: <sighs> so we've got to wait almost a year to see that. And then two months later, we're going to get the second Avengers movie. Okay. Um, here's the good news. We do have an official synopsis there's for a, Captain so, to, Marvel. There's
1: another Spider-Man movie. So Spider-Man's okay. Wait, wait. Yeah, next he's summer. turned into Ash, though. Yeah, but he's fine. Next summer there's a Spider man movie. No, no, he can't be. He's Ash. So wait.
0: Okay, I think we get we get the point now, right? Uh, Official synopsis for Captain Marvel, quote, the story follows Carol Danvers as she becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races. I want to pause right there. Those two alien races we are thinking are the Kree versus the Skrull.
1: Correct, which is a classic Marvel war. Sure. Sure.
0: Uh, who would who do we who do fans and listeners know of character wise that would be Cree and Scroll people?
1: If now again, I'm not the Marvel expert, sure. but if I'm not mistaken, the Kree are the blue green people, like yeah. like Gamora and maybe maybe Nebula, and I'm almost dead positive that Thanos is a scroll. Now here's where all the comic geeks that know more than I do about Marvel are like, hey hey Andy, what are you doing? You're supposed to be the guy. I'm like I'm admitting it right now, I don't know the kree Scroll war as probably as well as I should, but. Well, you've uh, said
0: before you're a DC guy. Anyway, yes, right? I absolutely am. That's why you're so dark and brooding all the time. <laughs> uh, anyway, picking back up, uh, it's set in the 1990s. Uh, Captain Marvel is an all-new adventure from a previously unseen period in the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, It like, makes
1: me it, think it's going to be a prequel. It absolutely is. We just said that. It's it's 18 years before like Tony Stark becomes... like They had beepers. They had beepers. This is before Stark had Stark technology. So are we going to be telling people a year from now to go back and watch this movie first? Yeah. in front of Captain America?
0: Yeah, probably. No, he can't cuz that one started in the 40s. But it, Oh, good point. That yeah. would be number 2 then. So it right. be number you're right, two you're right. After Nick Cap you're runs right. out and meets Nick Fury for the first time in Times Square. We will, make, we we will Square. make an addendum
1: to episode yes. 63 around I don't know, 10 months from now.
0: Hey, by the way, did you catch the quick throwaway that the Stormbreaker also has the Bifrost ability? That's
1: a really good thing to bring up there. So, yes, I did. Uh the 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 giant hammer with Groot's handle that Thor wields has the it's bifrost axe, ability technically? Axe, sure. Yeah. Um, that's how he got to Wakanda so fast. He comes through the bifrost. Yeah. So if he's got the bifrost ability, and somehow all these people who are left, all the heroes who are still not dead or Ash, need to go somewhere, Thor says, "Hey, buddies, grab on, and we do a Bill and Ted through the cosmic universe, right?" And so then it kind of fo-
0: makes Heimdall useless.
1: Well, yeah, sure. Well, uh, so I, I mean, what you- was
0: the whole setup of the whole the ramp leading up to Asgard and Hemd- Heimdall? Uh, with the sword and turning this sphere thing with a big telescope that points in a direction. And if he could ju- just have an axe that's made by some by Peter Dinklage on some neutron star, and he can...
1: He didn't have that ability. He was just Heimdall. But a god now has that ability. But, I mean, He's... Thor
0: wouldn't have needed Heimdall. I guess he was just a spoiled brat. That the, the, no, someone... Heimdall
1: was the guy that like took care of that. He didn't have to no, worry no, no, about it. No, I'm talking it. about Thor. <laughs>
0: okay. He didn't really have to care because Heimdall would just port him wherever he wanted to go. Exactly. Right. I
1: need, a ride to, uh, I need okay. to ride to... I need to ride to... I
0: want to of... go to White Castle. I'm hammered, you know. <laughs> yeah. Heimdall... <laughs> Can you take
1: it to, what, to White Castle, get a six-pack? Right. That's funny. You turn Thor into Cartman. Nice <laughs> yes, going. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, so I wanted to go back over some things. So as things stand at the end of Avengers Infinity War, <laughs> yeah. we're kind of back down to the original group again. We're back down to Iron Man, Captain America, Bruce Banner or Hulk, Thor, and Black Widow.
1: Yeah, and this is kind of the original Avengers from the comics, too, yes. like from the 60s, of a, a modified version of it. We don't know if Ant Man and Hawkeye are still alive after the fifty-fifty decimation. We're, let's assume they are. Um, we still have Rocket as well. We still have Nebula. Uh, Everybody still, else is gone, though. From yeah, but we still have we still have a Koye. So there's a connection to Black Panther, who's also gone. I was shocked by that one. Um we think War Machine is still around. I don't think we saw him dissipate, right? I don't think so. We think Wong, uh Doctor Strange's guy is still guarding over the Sanctum Sanctorum unless he got wiped out too. We don't know. But it's not to say like oh he can't because he's magic cuz Strange was, so right?
0: I guess. And, and he and frankly if you watch Doctor Strange, he was the one preventing uh, uh strange from get Stephen strange from getting to yes what was the amulet that had the time stone in it right right, right. so he may know, he was the master librarian of all of the wizard stuff yeah and in, in the
1: sanctum so he may know something yeah, his original name was dewey decimal apparently. i
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think wong is going to play a very pivotal part and he's going to be the one that finds the lore in the wizard books that knows how to unhinge the infinity stones from the gauntlet and get them out from under the control of, uh, that's my fantasy booking right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I think like Wong's going to come like in it. and be, be the man and at least tell them
1: yeah. what they have to do. I'll take that bet. Uh, okay. Uh, vision's uh, body. Right? Do you think that has any significance? I don't know because they, they is they it just a dead AI robot at yeah, this but point? Remember, they took—they took so much of the of the story was trying to get the stone out and still let him live, and they were trying to use the Wakanda technology to do it. Right? Stark's still alive. So is there a chance that all of these guys get you reunited and Stark and Tony or Stark and uh, Captain America finally have the reconciliation. They're like, I'm sorry. They give each other a big hug and Stark's like, Hey, I've got all this new technology. Now I can, I can fix vision because look at all my nanotechnology. Now the extremist armor that I didn't have before, maybe I can fix vision. So vision's back even without the stone, maybe, maybe he can recreate it or
0: synthesize it somehow. Cause sure. she was sitting there scanning it for like three, 27 hours, right? Uh, while trying to get it out of his head without breaking all the neurons, yeah, right?
1: the Wakandan technology is, is apparently better than Stark. But Stark, you know, Stark, Stark. Who yeah. knows? He might know something that we don't know. So maybe Vision's back on the on the on the playing uh, field as well. I don't know.
0: I I don't know. The, 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 just half, half the people died. Guys. Yeah. I I want to I want to stress something. But it real makes quick. it so exciting to figure out what's going to happen no, it next. It. it makes it sad. All right. Look, Star Lord, Gamora, Drax, Groot, Mantis—all
1: of the people in Guardians of the Galaxy are gone, guys. Except the rabbit. I mean, the raccoon. Yeah. Which so. one? Okay, of all of those, which one were you the most surprised by? Drax. Really?
0: Yes. I thought Drax would hang around because he was super powerful or self healing or whatever ability he has. Just that super strength thing. I I thought he was a great juxtaposition in the comic cosmic universe for for Hulk, and then until Hulk goes in the cosmic, but. I thought he was that equivalent of comic relief in the big. So to see all of those guardians gone. Yeah. I'm sitting here going, uh, okay, I'd be interested to see if all of those guys are on the cast list on IMDb for the second movie. Yeah. Makes me
1: think of something to go look up after we're done here. I I was most surprised by Spider-Man. Honestly. Really? Yeah. I didn't think that would happen.
0: Interesting. 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 Well, Hey Andy, uh, let's wrap things up here. Okay. Um, we, we've gone over just about everything we wanted to go, go Fun. over. So, um, I hope you guys are still along with us for the ride, but Andy, what were your final thoughts? Just overall, uh, not getting into too much details. What were your final thoughts of the movie?
1: I've got two things. Um, again, I absolutely loved it. I know we nitpicked and had a bunch of questions about stuff. We broke this down just like we would any other big movie that we like with a bunch of geek stuff in it. We just like we break down a star Wars or anything else. I don't want to take anything away from the fact that I absolutely loved it. I can't wait to see it again. Love seeing it again today. Um, we live in this world of like binge watching everything yeah. right so if you want to watch daredevil you can watch 10 episodes of it sure it's frustrating to me and i understand the business side of this and everything but the geek in me wishes they just would have released this as one big 5 hour movie you know like we've we've been through this before as 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 geeks when they said we've made all the Lord of the Rings movies and we're going to drip feed you them a year after year. We made kill bill and kill bill two together. We're going to give you this one this year. And this one next year, we made matrix two and three together. We're gonna give you this one and this one where it's just like, just give it to me. I just want to know, just wait and release it. I get why they don't. And I get the whole anticipation of all of that, but I'd rather just see it all. And that's completely selfish and completely unrealistic, but that's just the way I feel about it. It's like, just tell me what happens. Um,
0: well, I'll see you yeah. there and raise you uh, a, a Russo's Extended Edition whenever it gets released on DVD. Would I would love to watch that. That
1: would be great. My only other thing that I, my only other thing that I take away from this is, of all the characters that are left, if you really break it down, uh, the only one who is not mortal, the only one that cannot be killed by a bullet to the face, is Thor. Huh. Thor is the only sort of godlike super. Well, it's, it's until Captain Marvel comes down, but. Uh, well that would explain
0: Every, why they waited.
1: Sure, but I mean there's there's not like an all powerful person who could go toe to toe with Thanos except Thor. So do the stakes get higher? Does that mean that like do we get to a point where Captain America or you know this has to end? All of these characters that we like all of these these actors will then move on to something else. It's so, I don't I, I I don't want it to end, but it's going to and I don't know if it's going to end with deaths or characters to care about, but I think unfortunately this entire universe that I've come to love so much is going to end. In a year.
0: I hope it ends with them eating shawarma again. (laughs) That would Uh, be be fantastic. Oh, except half of them are dead.
1: Sure. What about you?
0: (sighs) You know, for me, I I, want to keep this positive as well. I know a lot of the things that we said about what didn't work were really just geek questions that went unanswered. So I don't want that to be read into as we didn't like the movie. We absolutely liked the movie. Um, Overall, even with a two hour and 30 minute runtime. I like I said I still feel like there should be a Return of the King Peter Jackson esque extended edition <laughs> yeah. whenever this comes out because there has got to be twice as much story, dialogue, exposition, all of that stuff that was shot but just got left on the cutting room floor because studio exec, you know, because not nobody's going to go see a 4-hour movie except you and me and every other geek that can go down to American Cinematheque and watch a triple bill. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's a matter of finding that kind of audience and and it's finding that mainstream audience, regardless of whether it was right, wrong or indifferent. I just, I, I agree that they needed to split them up, but don't shortchange me. Feige, give me that extended edition when you release it on DVD or digital, because man, I will sit there and do 13 hour marathons just like I do every year with Lord of the Rings. So I just don't be bashful about that stuff. Your fans will buy it. Um, as a fan overall of kind of the superhero genre, and you know, someone who's extremely up to speed on the lore and refreshed and everything, especially after last week's episode, yeah, I just want to say I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, the The experience of the story and the way that it came at me in a way that I didn't expect. I enjoyed it for multiple reasons because of that, um, and especially from the perspective of Thanos. That really surprised me. Yes, that was yeah. the one big. The, the character deaths aside, all of that stuff we knew some of that was coming. Uh, the soulstone not being in Wakanda was a surprise. Getting that scene on Vormir was a surprise. But the whole thing, just centrally being driven by Thanos as a pseudo protagonist in this film, did not see that coming at all, and was pleasantly surprised yeah. by the empathy that I felt for for some of the, his actions in the movie. So. Not the genocide, but just his mission, his mm-hmm. his motivation behind it all. Right. So yeah, for me, if I had to put a grade on it, some little nitpicks here and there, A minus. Yeah, I mean it's right there, four and a half star movie for me. It's right up there with you know maybe the best of the the Marvel films. Not the best, I could rattle two or three off, but definitely in the top five of the nineteen films that they've shown us so far.
1: I think when these are put together, I think it will be the best. Oh,
0: of course. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, when the, when, the, you mean the two
1: together? When you have when two Infinity when, when you're movies. able to watch the two together, it will be the best, hands down.
0: I, I could hold out reservation for that. Absolutely, um, I think that's that's a very good point. The, the the summer is greater than the parts, but we
1: didn't see a full movie. We saw half a
0: movie. We saw half. We saw maybe an act. That might have only been the first act. Sure, they might do the second movie as a three and a half hour epic, two and three climax thing. What we saw might not even be the climax of the whole thing. Yeah, that's scary to think about. It's awesome to think. It's about. kind of all scary, awesome to Exciting think. about. Exciting for people like us. Yes. <laughs> Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, that that was is our thoughts. That was a lot of fun, and especially when you pair it with our new official concession stand order of the way you watch the films. Look, go through those in that order because I promise it will change your perspective on the way things progress across that. And then once you get done, come back and listen to this one again. And, I mean, some serious notes here that we've taken yeah. over these you've, last two you've weeks. You've got a
1: whole year to watch them all again if you want. Yeah. You know? There's
0: nothing, nothing else coming out for a year. Except Mission Impossible. That does look pretty awesome. I got to admit.
1: That's my, that's my big one. That's the After summer blockbuster After this, this year. that's the one. Incredibles <laughs> looks good, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Incredibles looks like a blast. Hey, we're getting out of here, guys. We really enjoyed Avengers, In- Avengers Infinity War, and we think you will, too. But, hey, come over and chat with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stand but sign up and follow us on Twitter at concession stand. And Hey, if you like this episode or any of the other episodes that we do, and you want to support us, head over to patreoncom slash concession stand, throw a dollar in the tip jar, or even maybe sign up to do your very own stone cold salute on an upcoming episode if you'd like to rock some sweet swag you can head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store pick up a t-shirt hoodie coffee mug phone case all that good stuff but i'm nick howell you can find me on twitter at data center dude
1: and i'm andy nelson you can find me at andy nelson 76 also on twitter but until next time later
0: bye this show is part of the orbital jigsaw network For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.